I definitely had models and inspiration, but it was just more about building a community that spoke to the community I wanted to be a part of versus kind of always trying to maybe knock on other doors and nobody was really letting me in. I was like, I just want to start a community of the people who understand my experiences and want to talk about it. Welcome back to En Route the Power of Travel podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. This week, we are resuming our How I Built This Traveler Edition Traveler Entrepreneur Podcast Series, and we have a great one this week. We're super excited for our guest today because we interview our friend and fellow traveler, Julia Kuhn, from The Traveling Traveler. She is an SLP, which is a speech language pathologist. Nice. And she is just a voice, a leader in the travel industry. She has a course for travel therapists. She has a huge Facebook group. If I'm not mistaken, one of the largest Facebook groups in the industry. Yeah, she said there's like 14,000 people now, which is like All organic. Yeah. Um, She has her blog. She works with brands and does all kinds of partnerships. She is uh, just a force to be reckoned with in this industry. And... The episode's really fun. So the conversation's really fun because we talk about a lot of different things. And we dig into how she was able to build this huge community, this blog, learning SEO, learning how to monetize, learning how to grow her audience. We talk about building community and growing your audience on social media. Mm-hmm. We talk about TikTok. One of my favorite things was the money mindset that she yes. kind of threw in there that it was just such a nugget for just a good reminder for even me to like be like, wow, like that was such a great point. Yeah. She shares tips for people who are interested in getting into the blogging space now or just building a community online. Um, and we talk about how traveling really inspired her to start her own business and really just how to grow a community and make a positive impact online. And this, it was just a fun conversation. She dropped so many nuggets, so much wisdom, so many great takeaways, and you guys are going to love it. Yeah. It's a absolutely. good one. Without further ado, let's welcome Julia Kuhn to the Enrop Podcast. Welcome, Julia, to Enroute Podcast. We are so excited to have you here this week. Thanks, Kim and Aaron. It's great to be here. Yeah, you're in Hawaii, right? We were kind of talking. I am. Where Where are you in Hawaii? I'm currently in Honolulu, which is on Oahu. Okay. And what what kind of what kind of took you there? Because you didn't really, I know a plane took you there, obviously, <laughs> um, but uh, you didn't always live there while you were traveling, right? No, I am originally from the East Coast. I grew up outside of Reading, Pennsylvania, and I came to Hawaii uh, about five years ago for a travel assignment. Never been here before in my life, but kind of fell in love with it. Ended up working perm here for a year and making it my home base as a traveler. So wow. it all happened because of travel. I love that you say Hawaii like a local. Too. You do. I was like, ooh, <laughs> you got that like Hawaii flair. Hawaii. You have, yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to learn the the language. Yeah, we, we went to Kauai. Is mm-hmm. that how you say it? Kauai. Kauai a few years ago and absolutely fell in love. And we just hopped over to Honolulu for just a quick day trip. We just went to Pearl Harbor and we went to Waikiki Beach and we're there for a couple of hours and then flew back to Kauai, but fell in love. And it's one place on our bucket list that we've always said we want to return to and spend more time. And we just haven't been gotten around to it yet. But Hawaii is such a beautiful, it's crazy to think it's the u.s right mm-hmm. you know it seems so i exotic. feel like if it wasn't the u.s it would be like well i mean it is everybody's you know dream destination people always want to go there but i just think it would have a lot more uh i don't even know the word like pos- allure yeah like- allure it's like oh i'll get there i think that's like americans like yeah i'll get to hawaii it's not a big deal but if it was like over in the bali area it'd be like oh, i need to go there now exotic, yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, you can always work a travel assignment here. There's a lot of uh, radiology travelers that are needed. 
Yeah, yeah, I know that we've been traveling for nine years and we've always said like, oh, maybe we'll take a contract there one day. And I know recently, um, and maybe you can talk about this for just a second. We can, yeah. you know, take a side route, but I, there was a quarantine with the dogs and that's why we never actually went. Cause we didn't want to have to put Mimi in quarantine, but didn't they just change that or something recently? So you have to quarantine your dog for rabies. There is no rabies here. If they, if you didn't do titers and blood work beforehand. So people bring their dogs all the time. They just have to do about three months worth of blood work beforehand. And if you do that, then you can just walk your dog through. Um, but it's, yeah, it would be like if you got a contract and like two weeks later you had to leave and didn't do anything and you decide to bring your dog, then unfortunately you'd have to quarantine them in an airport facility for three months. So yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. But if you can plan it in advance and the titers and paperwork are good for two years, you could just walk your dog through the airport. Wow. That's a, that's a really great tip because <laughs> yeah, really yeah if you can plan in advance then wow. That's well, and especially with it being good for two years, like that's a good way to like kind of, plan it out yeah, you know totally. you don't have to go right away that's awesome okay so we've been doing something really fun on the podcast lately and we've really been wanting to highlight different stories of travelers who are also entrepreneurs and who are doing cool stuff and have side hustles and passion projects going on and I was digging into all of the things that you have going on <laughs> And you're, you know, first of all, you're an SLP traveler mm -hmm. and you run the traveling traveler blog. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. have a huge Facebook group. You have an online course, you do photography, you do affiliate and partnership work with companies. Like you do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I was I like, do all the things, yeah, <laughs> all of the things. And so we kind of want to just dig into it and, and go back to just your journey. I know you've been traveling for, I think, 11 years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 11 years and just kind of the journey of, of traveling and how you kind of built all, you know, all of these things that you have going on now while traveling. Yeah. And I think too, like, obviously like listening to what Kim said, it's like, holy crap, how do you have time to even enjoy Hawaii? Um, <laughs> but definitely starting back, I really like on these podcasts, we've been starting kind of way back. Right. And so basically the first question, I guess, could be like, what came first, like entrepreneurship or traveling? Were you always kind of like that entrepreneurial, like have that bug to do, or did traveling kind of facilitate that? Traveling absolutely facilitated it. If we're going way back, the reason I even wanted to become a speech language pathologist was because I thought it would be a stable job working for somebody else. Like I had no intention of starting my own practice or being an entrepreneur, but I started to travel in 2010 and I started because I wanted the freedom of it. I wanted the time off up until that point in my life. I'd spent every day and month either going to school or working to be able to afford what I could to put myself through school. And I was finally at this point where I wanted to take some time off for me. And then I realized I didn't really have much time off in a full-time job. So that's what led me to travel. And then um, that was in 2010 and there weren't a lot of people traveling back then. So I figured a lot of things out on my own. And more than anything, I realized I was really lonely in any city I went to. I tried so desperately to find other travelers there. I just wanted to know there was somebody else out there like me that got me and understood me. And back then it was really, really hard to do that. And what happened was I started a Facebook community. It's called Travel Therapy Therapists. And that was back in... 2014. So I've been traveling about four years. And I started that community literally just because I wanted to know somebody else was out there doing the same thing or understood me and I could talk to them about similar issues. And I started the group. It grew organically. I've never advertised it. In fact, I almost try to like kind of gatekeep it and keep it a secret. Um, but I, um, it's grown to 14,000 people today. Yeah. So it's a large community, but it's 
proof that, you know, there are people out there who do, you know, the, the same thing as us and the people with similar interests. So in growing that group within the first year of running it, I realized, wow, like a lot of the people that were joining wanted to learn how to travel or what this all meant. People were joining out of interest or trying a travel assignment for the first time. And they were going through a lot of the things I went through back like four and five years ago. So we're doing a lot of question and answer. And that's when my blog started, The Traveling Traveler. And I started that out of a need for answering people's questions and giving knowledge and providing those resources. So in all of that, you can imagine this is kind of quickly turning into really like a full-time job, kind of managing all these things. So that's when the entrepreneur in me really came out because up until then it was really, I was fulfilling a lot of my creative side, which was something that I had kind of suppressed for a long time as a speech pathologist going through grad school you're not really using your your creative writing and your photography and I was finally doing a lot of those things which I was passionate about um but then I realized if it was about 2016 2017 I realized if this is going to continue it's going to have to be as a business because it cannot be a hobby that takes up 30 hours in my week <laughs> so that's that's when I looked at basically monetization and business models and changed from being uh, like a creative, just creator in the sense to being a business owner. Wow. Okay. So that's my wow. story in a nutshell. And I, yeah. I would, I would never be where I am today if it weren't for travel, for sure. Yeah. I feel like traveling, it really does. It cracks people open in, mm -hmm. in so many different ways, creatively on, you know, being an entrepreneur, exploring other passions and, you know, I think a lot of that is just because you're leaving your comfort zone and you're getting out into the world and you're meeting different people and you're exposed to new things and new ways of doing things. And in our experience, you just have way more time. Like you were saying, it's like you have time off in between contracts. You could take a month off if you wanted to. And when you're working full time, you just, that's so rare. You just mm -hmm. don't get that extra time. You're just kind of in the rat race of your, you know, you work your job, then the weekends you catch up with friends or see family. And then you take your two weeks off to go take a vacation. And that's kind of like the vibe. Well, not only that, just with exposure, it's also experiences, right? Like you get more experiences in a year than most people do in like 10 years. And so mm -hmm. It's kind of like once you start building up that experience is with exposure, it's just a great recipe for entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. For confidence building, interpersonal skills, independence, just knowing like you can kind of do anything. Yeah, totally. So I want to, okay, so a lot to unpack there and, you know, now, so in 2021, there's tons of, you know, Facebook groups and tons of resources for travelers to connect to each other, to learn about the industry. But back then, so 2014, when you started your Facebook group, were you a part of any other Facebook group or like, did you know of any communities or were there other resources that you found that you kind that kind of inspired you to want to start your own group to, you know, connect with people and, and teach about the industry and that kind of thing? Or was like, what was happening back in 2014? Uh, so back then, what happened was there were some really growing online communities of travel nurses. And there were some growing communities of speech language pathologists. So I was in both of them. And basically, I would post in both of them like, hey, is anyone else here traveling speech language pathologists? And in the nurses, I would get like nothing. Like, I don't even think anybody would like my post. And in the, in the speech language pathologist groups, like I might get somebody who'd be like, oh, I always wanted to do that. Um, and I always just felt like kind of alone in these communities, which is why I thought like, well, why not create a community of its own and the people who want to find it will eventually find it, which is kind of what happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you did have a model. That's that's what I was wondering if back then, if you were just kind of like a trailblazer in that way of starting these, uh, you know, traveling Facebook groups. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm definitely not the original to start a traveling Facebook group. I think that that actually goes way back. So um, side story like TravCon, which is the Traveling Healthcare Professionals Conference, they were kind of founded out of like an online forum. It was called like the Delphi Forums. It's like Facebook groups, but on a web page. Uh, then um, a lot of those people ended up starting travel nursing Facebook groups once Facebook became more popular. So I definitely had models and inspiration, but it was just more about building a community that spoke to the community I wanted to be a part of versus kind of always trying to maybe knock on other doors and nobody was really letting me in. I was like, I just want to start a community of the people who understand my experiences and want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we we really connect with that completely because that's kind of how we started. And it's funny because we started in 2016 or 17. And honestly, it's like we didn't even know a lot of these things existed then. So right. And it's funny because we traveled for years and didn't know about any Facebook groups, didn't know about TravCon, didn't know really anything. And we did feel very alone of like, wow, there has to be other people. And it's so fun. And it's so exciting when you find your people, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're like, oh my gosh, these people get me. We speak the same language, you know, that we understand each other's lifestyles. And so it's so powerful when you can create to your people, you know, and when we've discovered that and TravCon was one of the first things that we found that we had no idea existed. We were like, oh my gosh, here's our people, you know, it's a game changer. Well, hence where we met you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we met at TravCon a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's just wild. Um, Okay. So let's, okay, let's dig into the blog a little bit. So you run the Traveling Traveler, which is a huge, very successful blog. And you talk specifically about traveling as a therapist. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you said you started that blog to kind of help, you know, share what you're learning, add value, educate new travelers coming in. So when you started that blog, because again, like you're clinical. Okay. Like you're a therapist. That's what you went to school for. That was, you know, you know what your skill set was. So when you were like, okay, I'm going to build a blog, I'm going to build a website. I'm going to, you know, run this Facebook, Facebook group, all of this, like, how did you, cause I'm assuming obviously you don't have any business background, um, tech background, what were kind of your first steps of like, how can I figure this out to get this going? Yeah, I mean, I think I should add in one of my not mentioned skill sets, which I am a millennial. So I did have Zanga and LiveJournal and all those things. So I am, I was familiar about writing for the internet from way back in the day. But so in the beginning, it was just a matter of like, I was reaching out to some people and I was like, what are like the blog websites anymore? I was like, yeah, I'm not going to like post on Zanga, but I'm like, what are the websites for blogs? And somebody was just like, oh, WordPress. So uh, WordPress has two versions and one is like kind of like the old school, like live journal Zangas. And that's just what I started on. I was like, okay, like I can use this and post on the internet. And it was a transformation about a year after I was doing that, that I transformed into actually understanding like, no, this, this isn't a blog. It's not my, my, you know, web reel of ideas, but it's a business site. And I, I did realize I was like at a point where I was like, no, I actually have to transform the website out of a a blog to a website. And at that point, I reached out for a lot of help because I knew I wasn't going to be able to figure it out on my own, especially at that time. There wasn't a ton of information available for free, like on YouTube and stuff. And there is a lot now, but back then there wasn't as much. So at that point, that's when I decided this is a business and I have to treat it as such. And I invested in some quite expensive mentorship and courses at the time that taught me basically how to run a blog. And now the blog is almost just like a portion of the business. But back then I did invest a lot in the beginning in learning how to do things. And now I do continue to invest in myself with different courses and and learning different things more and more. But 
I think it was just a matter of thinking like, okay, I, I have to learn this. How am I going to learn it? Yeah. And I think I'm so glad that you brought that up of like investing in yourself and the skills that you want to learn, because I think a lot of people, we all have great ideas and things that we want to do, but we kind of, we can, it's easy to get paralyzed with, well, I don't know how to do that. Or I don't know the first steps to take. And so many people don't take those steps and the idea just kind of, you know, dies because they're, they don't take the action. And now it's like, there's so many great resources out there to learn anything anything that you want to learn. There's YouTube, there's courses, there's blogs, there's coaching. There's so many opportunities to have someone who's gone before you show you the way and teach you the steps and you can figure out anything now, anything. And I Mm -hmm. think too, like a lot of people, what I've noticed too, is like, you see these courses and they might be priced at a, at a way that you're just like, Oh my God, like, that's crazy. And the fear kind of starts to set in of investing in yourself and to do something maybe that you've never done before and you don't know the ins and outs and you don't know what they're going to say. And so kind of fear paralyzes people. But I always have such great respect and just kind of um, an understanding because Kim and I do that all the time. Anything we want to learn, we look for a course to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. And so somebody has done it, but that took kind of building up uh, to do. And so, you know, kudos for you for jumping in before you were ready. That's awesome. Yeah. And something about the money mindset, which I'll share for people too, is the more expensive the course is, the more it's going to push you in a lot of ways, because you're going to want to get your money back. And that's like intentional for a lot of, I think, sellers too. Like people will make a really high price ticket item because they know people are going to show up to it. You're not going to waste that time and money. So uh, that was that was a big mindset for me too. Was when I invested a couple thousand dollars in a, a like more elite like blog training. I was like, I need my return on this, and that worked for me, and I got my return. So, don't yeah. be afraid of the high ticket items if you know you're you know you're gonna pursue it. I love that you brought that up because. It is. It's so true. There's something about that exchange, right? You're investing in learning and growing a skill. And in exchange, you're getting access to these incredible resources. And just by making that payment, it pushes you to say, okay, like for instance, we just were learning how to build an Amazon store, an e-commerce store, and which we mm-hmm. knew absolutely nothing about, right? We've always just done, you know, digital things. And so we spent a couple thousand dollars, like you said, like almost $3,000 on a course for Amazon. And Before we even had an idea. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> And, but it was, it was the best investment because we learned so much through mentors that have already gone before us that could teach us step-by-step. And because we spent $3,000, you better believe we're going to go through that course with a fine tooth comb to make sure that we're getting the most out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And not only that, like, because we invested in that, it's almost like you signed the contract with the universe of like, okay, I'm going after this. Mm -hmm. And we actually had our own version of an idea based off of listening to this course that we never had before we signed up for the course. So that was like Kim said, I'm really glad you brought that up because it kind of just triggered a spark in me. I'm just like, wow, you're right. Like, so cool. And you have to weigh out the value too of, you know, I'm investing in this and, and however much that investment is, but what's the gain? What's the takeaway? How, how can I implement what I'm learning to make more money or to change my life in some way? So it's, it's an investment, but what is that investment gain for you moving forward? You know, like Mm -hmm. getting it from the big picture too is important. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually wanted to just say too, I just thought of this, Julia, you probably, you know, obviously when you create something, you know, these courses now, you know, we both have courses and, and things like that. And I've noticed that anybody that we've given it out to for free, rarely logs <laughs> they in. They never take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they never log in. And it's like, we can see that. Like we, we noticed we gave it to you for free and you haven't logged in to utilize it one time, but the people that pay for it, like are done with the course within like a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I rarely, I stopped gifting my course. In the beginning, I was gifting it because I was like, I want 
people to take it and talk about it. And yeah, it just never happened. You're yeah. yeah the people who pay for it are the ones who are going to take it. A hundred percent. Okay. Let's talk, let's, let's talk about money a little bit. So here's the thing too, is whether, whether you're building a course, whether you're building a blog, a vlog, you know, a coaching program, whatever it is that you want to build and create, there's no such thing. Well, I guess I should say like, rarely is there such a thing as overnight success, right? Like Mm -hmm. take time, they take energy, they take focus, they take investing, they take you continuing to show up day after day and like going after what you want. So, you know, I think a lot of people can get frustrated of like, oh, I started a blog and a week later, you know, no one's, no one's reading it or I'm not making any money. It's like, okay. Um, (laughs) so when you started your blog and you kind of went into it now, you said you shifted into, okay, I'm putting 30 hours plus a week. Like this is a business. Like I'm taking this seriously. How long did it take for you from when you started your blog to start to make some money on it and see some return for what you were, the work you were putting into it? That's an interesting question because I could, you know, I never factored in necessarily my time, like say like the actual, say I was like paying myself. Um, and I, I think the best way to answer it might be three years. Um, so, and I would say, and, and three years is like literally like not losing just money on it. Um, and so I'd say my path was the first year I was creating, didn't even think about like making a dollar off of it. The next year I was experimenting with ways to make different kind of revenue off of page clicks and link clicks and something like that. Uh, then the transformation did happen that second year I was in business where I paid something, I paid close to about seven grand to do like mentorship and courses that year. So that was the year I was like, okay, I got to turn a profit. And it was actually, I considered that seven grand, like my initial investment. So that's kind of what I kept track of. And I, I paid that off six months after attending the mentorship training that was kind of really expensive. So I would say I started kind of making profits maybe my third year. Uh, then like, but just solely if you're kind of looking at my tax returns from the business and stuff, uh, I made actually kind of truly made a profit. Like my, um, my earnings exceeded all of my expenses because there are, there's expenses. You guys know that, that, that happened kind of within two years of starting the business, which is actually really good. A lot of like startup tech companies don't do that for like five years. So I think my path was overall pretty fast and successful actually within like two to three years. Yeah, absolutely. What I want to know is I kind of picked this up during your answer there, but what was it that that point between year one and year two, that kind of kept you going? Because as you know, like you have to pump out content, you have to build an audience, you have to kind of know that this has legs and it's not going to like just die out. What was that point? Do you remember that point that you were just like, you know what, like, was it because of the audience, because of the page clicks, because of you noticed people like kind of picking up on it? Or was it just something that you kind of persevered through and said, I'm just going to keep going and turn this into a business? It was, it was the community. It was the community reaching out, needing answers and me wanting to provide them. And it's just, it was my love for it. Like um, in those early days, I remember another content creator saying to me, like, could you imagine how great your life would be if you did this full time? And I'm like, I can't even imagine how awesome that would be because I would get to spend all my time helping other people do what I love. And I think I, I just kind of kept that in the back of my mind too. Like, well, maybe this is a possibility. Maybe this can happen. So it was really community driven and just me being able to serve the community I built, which looking back is, you know, somewhat unique now. I mean, um, you know, it is, it's, it's an easy and a hard thing to grow a community, but um, I'm always, I, you know, the community support is what, what I've always been there for. 
Yeah. And I always say too, to anyone who's interested in building anything or, or, or starting a side hustle or a business, no matter what, you have to love what you're doing. And no matter what, like you would be doing it anyways, even if you weren't making money, because for a period of time, you are not going to make money. You're just going Mm -hmm. to be in most cases, like you're just going to be putting time and energy into something and, you know, sharing it out and, and you should enjoy the process of that. Because if you don't, and you're just in it to try to you know, make money, like you're going to burn out and it's not going to be sustainable. So you want to love what you're doing. And like, you know, for us, when like, we love doing YouTube videos and we haven't been doing them, but when we travel, you know, we don't make money off of it, but that's something that we have such a passion for that I would do no matter what, just because I, we love the creative process of it and we love mm-hmm. sharing it and we love everything that goes into it, no matter what happens with right. it, you know? So I think that's really important for people to think about if they do want to start a side hustle. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's just like any relationship, right? Your business is a relationship as well. And I think when, when times get tough in a marriage or in a relationship or a friendship, it's the love that carries you through those hard times. And it's the exact same thing as a business because there's times where you're, you know, running your head against a wall, screaming and crying. Like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, but it's always the love that brings you back the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, so let's, okay. So when it comes to making money, in a blog. So if anyone's listening and maybe they're like, gosh, I've been thinking about wanting to start a blog or, you know, something that they've been teetering with. Can you give some examples of how, like, how does a blog even make money? Like what's the business behind? There are so many ways. There's like a million ways. So (laughs) this is like the million dollar question, but it's cool because the blog is like your jumping off point. In some ways it's like your business card. It's like, Hey, I'm here. Like, so, okay. You know, what am I going to do with this? So there's so many different ways to make money on a blog. The, the first that you might think about is advertisements that are like, um, like Google ads, or just like you click on a page and there's ads on it. Those ads actually don't make much money unless you are really having like a lot of page views, like 50,000, hundred thousand million page views a month. So I think a lot of people think, oh, I can make money off of ads and they don't realize the amount of page views you really need to make money off of ads. So that's something I actually don't even make money off of. I don't have ads on my blog, not because I don't want them, but because I'm actually, I I just don't have enough page views right now. I'm actually working on that. So hopefully in the next couple of months, you'll see some ads on some of my like travel blogs, not necessarily my core content, but it's more of the travel stuff. So that's one way. And know that if you go that route, you, you need to crank out a lot of content and you need to write for what we call SEO, which is search engine optimization. So when people search on you in Google, you show up and you need to master Pinterest. So those are the two places you need to learn if you want to get clicks on your blog. So putting ads on your blog one way, Another way that kind of goes hand in hand with that is called affiliate sales. So if you're an affiliate for a company, it means that you sell a product and get a commission off of each sale. So you don't get paid up front for like the marketing you do, but you get paid per per sale that you make. And that's done primarily through things like link tracking, uh, cookies or promo codes. So again, with that search engine optimization, say you're searching for something like best travel credit cards. Um, The the good and bad news here is like all the websites that come up when you search for like best travel credit card, they're all going to be attached to like affiliates. So if you Mm -hmm. sign up for somebody's credit card, they're going to make like 100, 200 bucks. So um, yeah, good news for the people doing that. It might kind of be bad news because sometimes you don't know like who do I trust anymore? Like everyone's kind of doing this for the sales, but that's a big way people make money off of websites is by having websites that rank high for products. And then they're, they're getting uh, commissions on products. 
Next way is just selling your own product, which is what a lot of bloggers end up doing because they realize like, I don't want to be at the whim of like Google all the time and search engines and other people's affiliate programs. So I'm going to sell my own product. And that might be something physical like the back straps you guys are selling. I'm going to sell a planner for travelers, or it could be a digital product like an ebook, can be coaching, um, which goes right into the next line is that one-on-one like coaching and consulting and group group coaching and consulting is another way bloggers can make money hosting like knowledge retreats. If you're a yoga blogger, hosting a yoga retreat, kind of a product, kind of coaching, kind of a mix of both. Um, I can keep on going down the list here. I'll do a couple more speaking. A lot of bloggers end up being professional speakers and you can get paid pretty well to do keynote speeches. You can do sponsored posts. So say you, um, you uh, aren't going to sell a product for a commission, but a company is just going to pay you up front to basically be an advertiser for them. And for a lot of the the huge bloggers you see out there, I mean, they can get campaigns that are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So this is, can be, you know, big money making for a lot of bloggers. If you kind of get to that elite status and, um, what else? What are the other? Those are those are kind of the, the main ones that I would say um, a, when you're blogging, that's kind of how you transition into making money. There's just, I love, there's so many opportunities now online yeah. with social yeah. media, with, with just, yeah, the internet, being able to connect to people from all over the world. There's just so many opportunities and ways to branch out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's such a fun time. It is such a fun time to be an entrepreneur and to share mm-hmm. what you're interested in, you know, well, especially when you're starting it off as a creative outlet and then you just kind of morph into, you know, your niche and your, your, your thing. And you start to like build your voice and you, uh, there's just literally a community for everyone now. And I, and I think that's really cool. And kind of speaking to that, it's kind of funny before we did this interview, Kim and I were talking and we actually started a blog um, on WordPress before we even left for traveling. And it was more health <laughs> health generated. Um, we did transfer some of those blogs over to our website, which I actually realized I don't even have up. And I found like uh, it was like eight to 10 pages of blogs that Kim did. And we were like reading back like, holy crap, these are amazing. I know. I was, I- <laughs> I, and okay. It was called spider pug. Like, don't ask why that makes no sense, but yeah, that's like not really SEO at all. No, but I, we were like, damn, I wish we would have stuck with this, you know? Cause we just, we, you know, never ended up, you know, we we found other interests, but I think that leads into, you know, nowadays you do hear and see, at least in the communities we run in, and obviously you're one of the biggest bloggers that that we know personally. Um, And so with people hearing about blog, 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 and now vlog, 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 somebody that maybe wants to start one, um, is it kind of something that you feel is saturated? Do you still feel like there's an avenue in there? Um, You know, what's your tips for somebody that really wants to start maybe a travel blog right now? I think it's a great time to do it and it's, it's never too saturated. You're just gonna, you're going to want to find your people. And I'm always, always on social media, finding new people I like. And I, I get excited by it. Like when somebody's out there on like TikTok or Instagram, and those, those are your big social media platforms now. So if you do want to get started, I'd really, I mean, I mean, TikTok would be the best place to get started. But if, you know, if you do want to get started, get on those platforms and make good content. Like people are always going to be excited by good content and consistent content. Uh, side note, because I know you rock TikTok and TikTok is not something that we're, we just haven't gotten into. I know Aaron watches it. I he, watch it all the time. He's a viewer and yeah. he'll show me videos sometimes. And it's really funny. Um, but I always look at it as kind of like it's people who can dance or sing or, you know, have some kind of talent that they're showing off. And I know that you have a lot of content for, you know, SLPs and for travelers. Um, do you have 
any kind of tips for anyone who wants to get started on TikTok and how you go about it? You definitely don't need any special talents. You can speak to your TikTok audience the same way you would speak to like a YouTube audience or an Instagram story audience. You just have to be deliberate about the quality of what you're doing. So if you're, you can, you can use it educationally and you just have to kind of just be aware of how to do an educational video that's catchy and that people stay and listen to. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, we're seeing it more and more. I actually started really tracking some, some TikTokers that um, uh, were like travelers and they were doing some really cool like ways to show where they are in the world and their next trip by implementing some of the trends or maybe like a song to it. And, you know, mm -hmm. I just, I saw one guy that acted out a Taylor Swift song and then like set his drone loose and it like went and showed like where he was. And I was like, dude, that's a very creative way to use mm -hmm. TikTok. Yeah. I mean, there's also healthcare travelers out there that they, they put their phone in front of them maybe like every day at their lunch break or maybe after work as they're leaving the hospital and talk to it for a minute. And it's nothing that took any planning or like creative outlooks per se, but it's just like seeing like, Hey, that's somebody exactly like me talking about things that matter to me. So I'm going to stay and listen to it for a minute. Cause I resonate with that person. And that that's just, I, I, that's why I feel like just anybody can be successful if you put in the time and the energy and you're consistent with it and you can connect with other people. Yeah. I need to look more into TikTok because it's funny because I remember we were in Vegas and we were heading to dinner and I remember you, we were in the back seat together and you, you told me, you're like, Hey, there's like this new platform TikTok. And this was, I guess, two years ago because we didn't go to TravCon last year mm -hmm. and you were telling me about it. And I was like, huh, that I don't, yeah, I don't really get it. And you were like showing it to me and I was like, interesting. And that was two years ago, which is kind of funny because yeah. I didn't know anything about it. But do you, um, do you feel like your growth on TikTok or growth in general is faster than like an Instagram or something? So growth on TikTok can be crazy. So I haven't had a ton of growth on TikTok. So for me, my niche, especially I, I'm, I'm trying to reach other speech pathologists. Like I'm not, I'm pretty protective of my space. Like I don't like, like just random people kind of getting into my space. Like I like my space being like speech pathologists or other travelers or nurses. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. I'm not trying to grow like wildfire on TikTok, but there's accounts who get like a hundred thousand followers in like a month or two months because wow. they're just creating like this great content that resonates with a lot of people. Yeah, no, speaking of, I follow a guy, um, he's an Asian guy who works in the ER. And oh, I know exactly who you mean. Um, yeah. Tips from the ER. Yeah. Yes. And he yeah. actually just released a video the other day that was, uh, he got 6 million followers in five months just doing yeah. what he loves to do and literally started it because he was kind of depressed. I guess his girlfriend left and COVID and, and he was like, I'm just going to start a creative outlet and got 6 million followers in five months, but he's very niched. He's very funny. And mm -hmm. you know, he's just, you can tell he's just being himself and he's creative and, I love watching his videos. They, they, yeah. Up. Yeah, no, there's, there's people who just grow like crazy. I, um, yeah, I haven't, and maybe I should, maybe I'm self-limiting there. I can, um, yeah, see, see how far I can grow, but I've, I've about a thousand followers on TikTok, and I think I'm happy with that, you know, and the, the kind of slow and steady growth there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And one thing, uh, Aaron and I were talking about this before, earlier too, uh, as far as blogging, um, if, cause I was, we were looking at our old blog and I'm like, gosh, I don't, I wouldn't, I'm just not interested in writing in that kind of capacity anymore. We like the, our podcast. We like video. That's kind of what we've moved into, but I love the idea of micro blogging on Instagram. And I think this is like a great way, maybe even for people to get started, but using your Instagram as a way to share specific, um, 
tips, tools. Um, if you're traveling, cause I was thinking for us, when we take our year to travel the world, like, Hey, we're in Bali and these are our favorite cafes in Ubud, like simple kind of to the point, not long form blogs, but giving people tips and tools, um, just through using Instagram is mm -hmm. also another route. Yeah. And you can, you, you can always repurpose your content. So you can look at blogs you've written and like copy and paste a paragraph or something, post it in Instagram, kind of edit it a little, boom. You can, you can do the same thing vice versa. Like, hey, I ended up on this long post on Instagram. I want to expand on it, going to turn it into a blog. So there's so many different ways you can use the same piece of information and just reuse it and recycle it and keep it coming. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Because you got to be efficient, right. With your time. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, you can use different things on different platforms and, and write it once and yeah, repurpose it in different areas and share it with, with different communities. I think that's really smart. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to say, um, ask you about blogging specifically is anyone who's interested and wants to learn more about blogging or how to get started do you recommend any go-to course for learning how to blog or SEO or just the tech side of things? Anything that's good for bloggers to get started? Uh, it's a tough question now because things have changed so much. So this is, this is a thing is that the online space is always changing and what you learn a year ago isn't going to be relevant to what's happening now because the algorithms change, the everything is always changing. So the courses I took aren't even really available anymore, I want to say. So what I recommend is finding like a really big blogger that you like and you resonate with that either sells a coaching program on blogging or can recommend somebody that does probably through an affiliate, but probably someone that they're connected with and, and see like what they recommend now to get started. Cause yeah, when, when that's what, that's what I did. And I got started through um, an in-person coaching program that Kirsten Rich from the Blonde Abroad did. And I don't think she's offering any services anymore. Uh, then I did a travel blog course through Nomadic Matt. And I think he is offering something similar right now, but it's not the exact course I took, but I would recommend Matt for anything that's um, about setting up your website and SEO. Cause he's really good at both of those. I love both of them. Yeah, they're like two of our go-to's, and I love I love uh, the Blonde Abroad for you know destination searching and how to plan trips, and then Matt's really good with like budget traveling, mm -hmm. and yeah, they are both like two of our go-to uh, resources. And side note, didn't you go do like a photography course workshop thing with Kristen or uh, is it Kristen? Here. Kirsten. Kirsten. Um, in Jordan? Yeah. So so she started offering basically uh, group trips as, as kind of her big uh, monetization as a blogger. So she hosts group trips of female travelers. So I have, I have been on a trip with her to Jordan. That was really awesome. And it focused a lot on photography and I got a cool camera rental through the trip. So yeah, I've, I've traveled with her a bunch now and she really is awesome. And uh, probably like for how big she is, like just so down to earth, everything you see in her account is like exactly what she is. So yeah, great person. If you, if she offers anything, you can connect with her through, I highly recommend it. Yeah, she's great. We're going to be friends one day. <laughs> <laughs> Putting that out there. Um, okay, so I just want to talk about this real quick because, you know, people don't realize, I think, how much work and time does go into building things, right? And so you created your Facebook group, which is time and energy, just adding value to the people in the group, answering questions, right? Your, your blog, writing articles, your course, right? Like mm -hmm. recorded an entire course for travel therapists, a step-by-step -step guide. Like, I mean, it's, it, it's fully comprehensive, very detailed, like that kind of stuff 
takes a lot of time and commitment. And so I think a lot of people have this kind of dream or fairy tale version of what it means to start your own business and that it's just kind of fun and it is fun. Um, but the work that goes into that, so just you traveling and you, you take contracts, right? You're a, you're a SLP. So mm-hmm. how did that kind of look for you? And it might've changed when you're building more in the beginning than maybe what it looks like now, but when you are taking contracts and building your business on the side, you know, what did those days look like? And did, did you have to kind of sacrifice other areas of your life in order to put the time and energy into building you know, the, the businesses that you have now and what that looked like for you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a lot of work and it's, a, it, that's what it is. And, and I haven't really developed many like great friendships in the last couple of years or feel like, you know, I do all that much stuff because I just don't, I get up at 4.30 to 5.00 AM every day if I'm working a contract, I work on my business for like two hours before I even go into work. Then I go into work, come home, kind of exhausted, um, doing work on the weekends. So it's uh, just, it's a, it's a lot of work and you have to be able to sacrifice that and not have that fun time that you might think about having as a traveler. Mm. And it, and I'm, it's so, it's so true and it's so worth it. And we look back on before we were even interested in doing anything entrepreneurial, like when we first started traveling, it was, we worked and then it was like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to eat? Let's go hiking. Let's meet these friends. Let's go here. And it was such a different type of traveling experience Mm -hmm. than it is now. Or when we decided that we wanted to be serious about growing a business where, you know, we work. And then a lot of our extra time, like you said, like our social life has taken such a back seat because instead of, you know, going out and just being carefree and meeting friends and going out on hikes and doing all this, our free time is a lot of time spent working inside of our business and things we want to get done with the free time we have available. And so there are definitely, um, I don't even like using the word sacrifice, but choices. Yeah. Like you, you tough you, choices. Yeah. You have to kind of focus your energy on what's important and, you know, our social life is definitely something that has taken a back seat, but we, our long game, right? Like we have our long game is that this is going to, to pay off and serve us down the road. And we're also really passionate and excited about what we're doing. So we're not, you know, it's not like you're crying because you have all this work to do. You love what you're doing, but it is, it's time. Yeah, you know? no. And I think a, a funny connection here is I actually remember when we got back from that trip in Hawaii that we went to, I literally had a conversation with Kim and we basically signed a contract that said our lives are going to look different from here on out because we're going to get serious about this entrepreneurial journey. And are you okay with that? Because Mm -hmm. one, we said it will never come in the way of our relationship. If it starts to get in the way of our relationship, it's over Um, the business, not the relationship. Um, and so a lot of the things that we were playing around with as travelers for the first three years, it's the life's not going to look the same and right. we both agreed. And here we are today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a conscious decision. And oddly enough, it's one of the reasons I stay in Hawaii because I can kind of be grounded here and I don't have a FOMO perspective say because I'm just here and it's a lot harder actually to go on contracts because then you get this sense of like oh I have to do all this stuff and um, that's why I've been hopping or I've been kind of hopping around between here and kind of Palm Springs area for the last couple of years because I'm like I I feel like I'm grounded in both places and can get work done yeah well kind of like rounding out this conversation. I mean, we could like, there's so many different things I want to like talk to you about and pick your word, <laughs> but you know, one of our passions that we share is that we both love the freedom and time that traveling has given us to take time off, to travel the world, to see mm-hmm. the world. And I mean, post COVID, uh, yeah. or I mean, pre COVID. Right. Yeah. And hopefully post COVID. Yeah. Hopefully post. Um, but yeah, we always encourage people, especially travelers, because we have this this 
very unique type of freedom and lifestyle that we can easily take three months off and go travel through Southeast Asia or Europe or wherever we want to go. You know, do you, how has, how has taken long-term travel, like your international travel trips or just long periods of time off to travel anywhere? How has that inspired you creatively or has, have you had big ideas and uh, things that have come through from you taking the time to go travel the world? I think the the big ideas that have come through have focused a lot on the lifestyle and seeing just seeing other people finding ways to support non-traditional lifestyles, to support um, like learning just different languages and being connected to different cultures. So I don't think I've ever had a big business um, like light bulb on the road, maybe, um, maybe with the, the blog, but um, in writing, but it's just supported just always thinking outside the box and like anything can be achievable. Yeah. Do you have any, where are you going to go first? Do you have any plans, like big travel plans once we can all start traveling again on airplanes? Um, my big, my big plans are going to Vegas in June, which believe it or not, I love Vegas. It's one of my favorite places to go. I just think it's so like fun. Um, so I'm actually really excited to go there in June. Uh, then in all of the COVID lockdown, I bought, <laughs> I bought like a, a deal, like a travel zoo deal for overwater bungalows in Tahiti. So that's going to oh. be, that's going to be next. <laughs> Wait, what? That's like a dream of ours. What? Buy it. Give us the info. <laughs> it's, it's, so I got five nights on the overwater bungalows on the island of Morea at the Hilton. If you've studied Tahiti, you've probably like seen that, yeah. the, oh, yes. the Hilton pop Please. up. Yeah. Um, and the thing about Tahiti is that from Honolulu, a flight goes there once a week and comes back once a week. So I have to add on two more nights to be able to catch the flight. And I travel hack too, which is a whole nother conversation. So the flight for me and my boyfriend, Scott will be free for through travel hacking. And so now I'm trying to travel hack two free nights at the Conrad Bora Bora, which is like insane bucket list. So I have to, I'm trying to figure that out right now. I don't want to pay for the hotel. I want to travel hack it. When are you guys going? That's the big question um, that I've been talking to Scott about. We're thinking we have until May 2022 to take the trip. And we're thinking like winter, probably winter 2021 or 2022. Oh my gosh. And what was the website that you said you got a great deal for the trip? Travel, travel zoo. I would... It's like, a, if you look at the website, you wouldn't think much of it, but I've been a member of that website for like 15 years and they send you like weekly deals and even daily deals sometime. It's like, these are top 10 deals and about, yeah, like maybe four or five months ago, a deal came in that was like five nights at the, you know, the Hilton Morea. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just like clicked on it and bought it right away. I was like, Scott, we're going to Tahiti. Oh my gosh. That's, that's awesome. Amazing. I'm going to go check it out when we get off this call. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised you're not checking it out now. I'm like, I'm on like, my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I would have known you guys were into it. I forwarded the email to a bunch of people oh. who I thought, I thought, okay, these people would be into it and nobody bought it. And a couple people after the fact said, you know, I'm really jealous you bought that. I should have bought it with you. And I was like, I, you know, I sent I it to you. you. Hello, Julia. Always <laughs> in those emails. Yeah. Now I know. I the Kim and Aaron G. I got you guys. Got to be in the loop. All travel yeah. deals sent. We are not biased. Send it our way. Yeah. Okay. I got you guys now. <laughs> um. So just kind of wrapping all of this up. Like, what do you what do you think if you have one? I know there's probably many because you've been at this for so long. But what do you think the biggest challenge has been um, that you've seen just for yourself personally of just kind of the entrepreneur journey, or maybe it was more kind of greater in the travel journey or managing both. Just what's something that comes out for you that was like your biggest challenge while building these businesses um, on the side? I think just kind of 
protecting my own space and only allowing in like what's positive for me. And that can be like a lot of different things like in travel contracts, just only allowing like the recruiters who are worth my time to have access to me. Um, I'm, I've blocked so many numbers and all those things. It's like, if you're going to contact me, it has to be positive for me and kind of same in the business. Like, it's especially harder as you grow and scale too, because you you always have people kind of reaching out and like looking for a favor and looking for help. And it's like, as much as you want to kind of help everybody, you have to kind of protect your own sanity and space and time and realize, you know, if you want help from me, I have, I have these resources, but I cannot um, just kind of give and give and give. There has to be um, some sanity here. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. great. That's, that's that. awesome. I love that answer. So what, what's going on with you? Plans for the future. Let's talk about like all the things you have going on. I know you have your, your course. I saw something about you want, you're going to be doing a, a travel trip or I don't know. Yeah. Talk, let's talk about it. All the things. That's what I'm, I've all year I've been really set on when things open up after COVID, I want to travel. I want to travel with other therapists. I want to run group tours, kind of like what Kirsten does with the, the blonde abroad, um, I'd like to pair with another agency to do it. So it wouldn't be all the work on my own. I don't know if that's going to work. So kind of that's, that's all pending. Like maybe there'll be a group trip to like Bali or Costa Rica or something, but it's definitely kind of on my back burner right now. Cause I have a lot of other stuff going on and more in the forefront is I'm making a planner for healthcare travelers, which I'm really excited about that because it's, a piece of me that I can give to every traveler that's a planners in everybody's budget. Like it's like a 30, what are planners like 30, $40. Mm-hmm. It's something everybody can afford. And I can give so much like confidence and organization just in that one book that I'm really excited about because people can plan their whole like year through this planner. Like not only is it like the weekly and monthly planner, but you can plan your CEUs, you can plan your, how you're handling your state licenses and how you're handling your credentialing. So I feel really excited about that because it's something that everyone can really benefit from. And then I'm also working a lot on the, the content creation on my social media and blog sites too. So that's kind of what I have going on right now. That's exciting with the planner. Do you have um, an idea of when you might be launching or I'm hoping, I'm hoping to launch for the 2022 year. I could, um, I'll probably send it to a printer fairly soon and start sending out some copies. I'll send one to you guys, like, you know, just get get feedback, see what you like. Um, but so hopefully ready to really launch by like TravCon and like October. That's really cool. What a great idea. I love that. I'm all about a planner. I love organizing. I love seeing things out and, and, you know, you can do things like Google, like in your phone, like the notes and stuff, but I'm somebody who I like to have things written out. I like to see it. I like to feel it. I like to flip through, Mm -hmm. like I'm all about, um, the, like the, the, the The tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's planners always something that's on my desk. There's actually like three of them on my desk right now as we talk because I kind of have like different ones for different things too. But yeah, it's like it's just having it all there. And and like I yeah, I just I don't travel without a planner because it's like I need to know like where my kind of just like physically look at where my things are. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um just kind of completely wrapping up, but like, where can people find you? Where could they find the new planner when it comes out and just stay up to date with that? Your courses, your blog, just wherever you hang out the most, where can people find you? Everything can be accessed through my website, which is the traveling traveler, uh, com, or on Instagram at the traveling traveler. My TikTok is a little different. It's Julia Kuhn SLP short story the traveling traveler is actually too long of a name for tiktok but oh, wow. I, and i thought i thought why not i mean you know start using my name everyone knows my name so um so and then the group on facebook is called travel therapy therapist so those are the places that'll get you connected to me the most easily 
Perfect. And I'll put all of this in the show notes. So you guys can just scroll down and go check out all the things that Julia is up to. And thank you so much for being on. This was such a fun conversation and so just value packed. And um, I'm excited for everyone to, to be listening to yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you guys. This was awesome. All right. All well, right. we will see you out on the interwebs. Maybe in the we'll, interwebs. All right. <laughs> Maybe on a trip somewhere. We gotta we gotta do something because I don't know if we'll be fitting in Travcon this year because uh, we'll be out hopefully international somewhere. Um, but we definitely got to get together. And yeah, totally. Totally. righty. Well, thank all you. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Wow, what an episode. That was such an amazing conversation. I am buzzing galore after that conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know that you walk away with lots of takeaways and nuggets. And hopefully you feel inspired by that and showing really what's possible when you want, you have a passion for something, you want to create something, you want to build something. We can figure anything out nowadays. It's so easy. Just get, take that first step, get into it, find something you love, something you're interested, make a plan and go after it. Yeah. And it really showed that there's room for everybody in this world. Literally, like you, you have a passion like Kim said, you have a passion, a love, just go after it. Take the steps. And we hope that you kind of got inspired to do that after this episode. Yeah. As always, if you guys are loving this episode, please share it out with your travel friends. Please leave us a review. It really makes a huge difference for us when we're trying to grow our grow our community, grow our podcast. Um, and definitely follow too. So that way you know when our episodes go live on Tuesday because that helps as well. Yes. Do all the things and follow along with us at Kim and Aaron G on Instagram. And we will see you next, next week. Tuesday. Bye. Bye.